sharing is caring, pass on the word to a friend. This and other exceptional podcasts can be found at travmarketmedia.com. Hi, it's Megan, host of Travel Radio Podcast, a proud member of the Trav Market Media Podcast Network. Would you take a moment now to like, subscribe, and review the podcast? You can also reach me at info at travelradiopodcast.com, or you could reach the network at travmarketmedia.com. Travel professional or aspiring professional traveler. I'm so thankful you tuned in. Now, let's dig into where our ears will travel today. Hello, and welcome to Travel Radio Podcast. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and today I am privileged to have back on the program Emma Major Schroeder, correct? Is Schroeder? Yes, correct. Wonderful. Okay, well, now that we've, now that you've spoken, (laughs) and I did a pretty (laughs) terrible introduction, how about you take a moment and do a better job and introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. Um, thanks, Megan. It is so great to be back. I am Emma Major Schroeder, um, and I am a major traveler. Uh, we are affiliated with Everly Travel and Virtuoso. Um, I have a team of four agents, and we all specialize in different things. And as an agency, we work on a lot of honeymoons for our clients, as well as some really big, more adventurous bucket list trips. Awesome. Yeah, and for people who haven't heard your last episode, you should definitely go listen to it. We explored some wine regions in South Africa and Safari and uh, even Cape Town a little bit. So that is if you just go to Travel Radio Podcast and search for South Africa, you'll come up with that episode and it's one worth listening to. And then before we get even, you know, starting further, um how do you prefer to be contacted and and where would you like to be contacted? Yeah, so I always tell people that um, you can either email me at emma at majortraveler.com. And traveler has one L. I think the Britons spell it with two L's. Um, Or you can DM me on Instagram at majortraveler. Either way is great. Awesome. Okay, well, then let's get right on into it. Where are we going today? We're going to Costa Rica. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I did a Costa Rica episode many moons ago. And at that point, I said, I need to go. And then I moved to England. <laughs> and, and it's a longer haul from there. So a let's, bit. yeah. So uh, can we start with just your favorite Costa Rica story? Yeah. Um, so I've been to Costa Rica a handful of times for kind of a, a variety of, of different reasons and, and trip types. So I've gotten to experience a lot of the local side of things along with a lot of different angles of the tourist side of things. So I have a lot of great stories, um, and I could probably tell you a few that involve monkeys in a tree <laughs> peeing on me or screaming at me. I was going to um, say throwing but, poop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Monkeys are crazy. I had a monkey steal my um, sunglasses in Africa. Um, <laughs> but they in Costa Rica, they're a little more tame. Um, they're just loud. But my most memorable story is probably from when we were staying in the Papagayo Peninsula. Um, so it's the coastal peninsula for anyone who's, who's unfamiliar. And we took a boat out on this day, and it was incredible. I mean, it started out as a dreamy day. You know, we snorkeled. We caught this massive tuna um, mm. where they, you know, cut it up on the boat so that we could take it home for dinner that night. Oh, wow. We caught all these different fish. We had a private barbecue on the beach. 
Um, and so just a magical day and we're heading back home after this full day and we see a storm coming in and our captain was an expat. I can't remember if he was American or Australian, but he was just this rugged guy. Um, probably that you imagine something from the movies and he was just about as free spirited as they come. Um, he, we were coming in and you know, there's this storm in the distance and I'm a super nervous human on airplanes, boats, roller coasters, you name it. I, I'll get nervous about it. And so I looked at him multiple times and I said, you know, do you think it's going to be bad? Are we in for it? You know, we should maybe go another way and avoid the storm. And he would say, you know, not by the looks of it, we're going to be fine. Maybe a little rain. <laughs> so a couple minutes later, I'm saying, you know, you think it's going to be bad? <laughs> should we go somewhere else? You know, this is in the middle <laughs> of the ocean. And he says, you know, uh, there's a little bit of lightning and thunder in the distance, so maybe you, sh- you all should go down in this tiny cabin and, and sit there so no one gets struck by lightning. I'm like, okay. Good tip. So a couple of us go, and we sit in this cabin, and a few minutes go by, and he yells down, yeah, this might be one of the worst ones I've ever seen, so uh, you guys should probably brace yourselves down there. <laughs> and um, anyway, so it felt was like, he messing you know, with you? the end was, no, he was serious, and we rocked back and forth in that ocean over these massive waves, we could see thunder and lightning through the window of the cabin. And I was pretty terrified, but um, <laughs> I am living to tell the tale. So we survived. Um, and so now it's funny. Pop-up <laughs> storms are common. And now it's funny. It's funny that I kept warning the captain. I, look, I think it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I survived. Not, uh, yeah, I didn't study like meteorology or anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> I do watch the Weather Channel. I love the <laughs> and Weather this Channel. Doesn't look good. Oh, me too. I was old before, you know. I was old. I like watching the Weather Channel. And when they're like, "It's going to be ten feet right. of snow," I'm like, "Cool, like let's watch it." <laughs> right. And even yeah. now, when we get severe weather in Atlanta, I'm like, "Ooh, let's see where the radar is and where they're putting these squares for tornadoes." And yeah, I get fascinated um, by it all. And people say, "Like, who watches the Weather Channel anymore?" I'm like, "Me." I love it. Anyway. <laughs> All right, I'm so, right there with you. Yeah. So then um, we should talk about kind of the regions. There are, for people that aren't familiar with Costa Rica, I mean, I'm I'm less familiar with it than you are, but I did used to send a lot of clients there. And I think it's important um, that we talk about there being distinct regions of Costa Rica. And we're not going to get to all of those regions, but there are, you know, cultural influences that really, and, and geographical influences that make these regions very distinct. And um, and it's kind of a little bit of a rugged country. So getting to all those, like you do need a little bit of time or you need to choose wisely where you visit based on your interests because it, it's not, I don't know that I would say it's, you know, in a typical U.S. vacation seven days, you would spend some time in commute that might not, that you might be better spent doing something in one of these regions rather than trying sure. to hit them all. So today we're just going to talk about two of those regions. Um, and, you know, because you were there recently, let's, let's start, uh, maybe, you know, coastal and then we'll work our way inland. So, um, you know, would you, I guess, Take a moment to describe the two regions that you were in and yeah, coastal and then, you know, mountainous. Yeah. So I, um, I think that this is, you know, uh, what make these two regions make for a great week long Costa Rica itinerary. And that is the Papagayo Peninsula, which is the coastal area in, um, the Guanacaste region of Costa Rica. And then about three to four hours 
from there is um, the Arnal Volcano area. It used to be an active volcano, but I actually learned um, on my last trip to Costa Rica that it's no longer active. So a while ago when I was in Costa Rica, um, you could drive up to certain spots around the volcano and see it spewing out lava, um, which was really unique. But I think in 2010, um, it, it became dormant again. So the volcano still stands. I just don't think you can see lava spewing out. Um, but those are kind of the two, the two main areas. And so depending on where you want to start and end, you can eliminate some transportation time by flying into Liberia and flying out of San Jose. Those are kind of the two main airports. Um, and so Papagayo Peninsula, um, is about 30 minutes from the Liberia airport. It's a, a pretty easy standard drive, um, because this region is super developed. It's not um, I wouldn't describe it as touristy in terms of, you know, I think Mexico's touristy yeah, so um, by in all the best ways. Yeah, but, it, you know, there are four seasons and, and bigger brand hotels. There's a secrets resort. So you, you see more big brand resorts in this area. Um, there's mm-hmm. a Westin. Um, so I think that Papagayo is, is a must-do on any itinerary. The sunsets are epic. Um, and it's really you know, it's a great region of Costa Rica because it's well located to both the beach and the rainforest. So mm. you can spend time on the water and snorkel and dive and beach hop. Um, and, you know, I actually learned again on my last trip to Costa Rica that all the beaches in Costa Rica are public. No one's allowed to kind of claim private beaches. And oh, so great. you can take a boat out and beach hop and go to these uninhabited beaches and set yourself up some lunch. Um, but if you're feeling more adventurous, you're really close to, um, like the Buena Vista Eco Adventure Park and, and yes. waterfalls. Um, there's a, a water slide through the rainforest there. You can zip line. There's a Tarzan swing. Um, at Buena Vista, it's actually the first time I've ever, first and last time I've ever seen a tarantula sitting right on the edge of the water slide. Um, so that's a fun fact for you. Did you go for a little um, ride with you? And, oh my gosh. I've, popped up out of the water side and I was like, that's a tarantula. Oh my gosh. Casual. <laughs> no one was panicking. And, I was. and we should um, say that Costa Rica, I don't know the exact claim, but they claim, you know, to be one of the most biodiverse countries in the world. And that's probably true. If, if you are squeamish mm-hmm. of bugs, this may not be the destination for you. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I mean, it's common, you know, you're staying in a nice hotel, but it is common that you know, monkeys are swinging on your porch. There are ants. There are crazy caterpillars that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Very odd plants. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible um, the, the biodiversity that Costa Rica has and, and just what's available in this region. And if you are kind of a nature nerd and that's your thing, there's amazing bird watching. And mm. going on nature walks, you'll learn so much. I thought I would be bored on a nature walk from my last trip and, and I was fascinated. Um, so it's really, it's a cool experience. Cool. And then, um, yeah. And, and even in the Papagayo area, you have the nearby town of Tamarindo, which is very local kind of boho. Um, there's surfing lessons here, great surfing town. Um, and then within the peninsula, it's kind of this confined region. If you stay within the peninsula, um, and so there's great golf, there's also a new-ish um, bike share program where you can take e-bikes all around the peninsula. Oh, nice. um, so, so yeah, there's there's just a ton to do um, in this area for families, honeymooners, etc. Okay, great. Well, then, so now we know we've got a coastal region with some developed resorts, and then we've got um, our our volcanic 
volcano area. So that's great. Now, what about, um, yeah. what kind of property did you specifically stay at? Yes, so I stayed on my last trip, I stayed um, at the Andas and the Four Seasons. I split my stay. Um, I really loved both for different reasons. And um, as with most hotels, I think that it totally depends on the client um, preferences in terms of where you stay. But the Andas is amazing, sitting right over the marina. Um, and then the Four Seasons is a little bit more um, beach-centric. It splits the peninsula. Um, you have some cool kind of uh, rainforest treehouse type rooms, but you awesome. also have kind of your standard Four Seasons hotel rooms. Um, and you get both sides of the peninsula, sunrise and sunset, so that can be pretty neat. Oh, that is really neat. So then um, there there are some, and I, I think I've seen it go back and forth where they offer either like European plans or they offer kind of like an all-inclusive option that you can add on. Did you do any of those options or were, were they available at these properties? So I visited um, in December, and you know Costa Rica had uh, was starting to kind of open back up again. I think when I went, they had been open for two or three weeks. Um, so I didn't look at the all inclusive um, the all inclusive options. You know, when when you stay at the Andas and the Four Seasons um, in non COVID times, I think a non all inclusive option is great because you can um, go get a drink at the Four Seasons or go get dinner there. Or -hmm. if you're staying at the Four Seasons, you can grab a bite at the Andas or go, you know, to all these different hotels within the peninsula. And then there's also a great restaurant at the marina below the Andas. So um, there's a lot of different dining options, I think, within this area. Mm -hmm. Now, R&L is a different story. Um, but yeah, we'll get there. I think here, yeah, we'll get there. But I think here, you know, in non-COVID times right now, they, they kind of confine you to the resort a bit. But in non-COVID times, I think there's so many different options that get you off of your property in the hotel that, that are really nice um, yeah. and, and really unique too. All right. So that's, so, um, so now while we're on the coast, we've talked about a lot of the activities that were there. We've kind of talked about, you know, some bug realities, but are there any other <laughs> insights or tips for this region that you, that we want to talk about before we kind of make our way north? Yeah, I think my main tip, um, here would be to really allow yourself to fully enjoy this area. And so, you know, if you're just staying, you know, three days in the R&R region and three days in the, the peninsula, I don't really know that that's enough. I think you've got to give yourself time to relax, but also be adventurous here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really think like four to six days is, is a good amount of time. There's just so much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you'll want to have a, a beach or a relaxation day in between um, to really make the most of your trip. Yes, that sounds good to me. So then um, if we're going to go north now, to and I was always saying uh, arena Maybe it's Arnold. I mean, I'm going to take your. Tip I think on that it's Arnold. Yeah, I'm going to take your advice. Well, I think in in Spanish they pronounce it like Arnold. So um, yeah, I took German. So I, don't, don't 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 look to me Spanish for that. that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So now when we so, talk about I'll going north, oh sorry. So no, you're good. Yeah. So if we talk about going north, I mean we're we're still talking about a country who. You know, it doesn't have, and it, I mean, it's a developed country, but these roads can be a little rugged. So can you talk about, you know, did you choose to drive up there? Did you get like, private transportation? Did you fly up there? How did you do this? And I expect that it's going to be a bumpy experience. 
Yes. So, um, you know, it's, it's improving as the years go on because it is so popular to combine Arenal and Papagayo. Um, so I do think that when I did this, um, you know, 10 years ago, it was rough and, and doing it, um, recently, I think it's, it's a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you can fly. It, it's really only a three and that three and a half to four hour kind of driving time. So I think by the time you get to the airport, get on a regional airline, fly, get out of here, transfer to your hotel. You're kind of spending the same amount of time. Um, If you hate cars, definitely a possibility. Um, And the the regional airlines in Costa Rica are really, are really great. Um, So I just always tell clients to prepare for a day, you know, bring a book, bring some card games or just plan to leave early and sleep. And um, you know, it's not, horrible it's just three to four hours on these bumpy two-lane roads and it can just be kind of annoying um if there's ever an accident on those two-lane roads which is common in costa rica things Mm -hmm. can get really backed up so you just never know it can kind of be a day but i always tell clients it's worth it your destination is cool and you'll get there eventually um so so yeah that's kind of where the annoying part comes in is those (laughs) two-lane roads awesome so then you know we're we're going up to an area that's a little more remote. So then let's talk about your, okay, so sorry, I was about to, to skip, um, well, it was a combined question. I'm, I'm organizing my verbs or my, my verbiage poorly. So, um, we've talked about the geological features of this area being that it's, well, it was an active volcano and now, that it's not. There's still some cool things that that activity has left the region with, and I'm wondering if you could speak to to those things and maybe some activities that you were able to participate in while you were there. Yeah, so um, I think that, honestly, there's so much to do in this area. A girl on my team, her name's Sarah Ellis, she actually just spent, I think it was eight days in the R&L area solely for her trip. She didn't mm. go anywhere else in Costa Rica and she never got bored. She, yeah. they had something to do every day or they just enjoyed relaxing. Um, so I think hot springs are definitely one of my favorite experiences. Um, mm. And when you're sitting in that hot spring, I think it makes it even cooler to just picture the fact that your water is heated by the volcanic lava that's underneath. So yeah. it's really neat. Um if you stay at a resort with hot springs on site, I think that's the way to go because you can use them whenever and get that experience multiple times. Zip lining here is also a must. Monkeys will be plentiful. Um, <laughs> good lip, a good zip line experience will also probably involve um, some of Costa Rica's iconic hanging bridges, um, oh, which yes. are really fascinating as well. Um, perhaps I think one of my favorite experiences in Costa Rica, in this area of Costa Rica, would probably be whitewater rafting. Um, I did not see myself as a whitewater rafting girl um, yeah. because I get so nervous on all kinds of modes of transportation where I don't have control. Yeah. Um, so I know it's not for everyone, but I definitely enjoyed it. Um, the rapids are just class two and class three rapids on most of the river, so it's not super intense, but it's a very fun day. Um, okay. And I definitely love to include that in client itineraries. Yeah, that's just, I've been launched out of some pretty out of some in Pennsylvania some pretty intense rapids and um yeah and the water's cold there so I've been hypothermic and then still had four or five more hours in the river so that just when I hear that I think that sounds terrifying and I think well but the water's probably warmer so 
you know, it's, at least you yeah, recover. Yeah, and, you know, no one fell out of our raft that I can remember, so... Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, I was like, I'm one of the more experienced people, so I'll go in the beginner's boat because I can help them. But when they're all sitting like right. dead weights in the middle of the boat, like that's a problem. <laughs> I think and, I asked the guide, I said, where's my, where can I sit in this raft where I'll have the least likely chance of getting tossed out of here? And he told me to sit like smacked out in the middle yeah. or right, right in front of him so that he could grab me if I... <laughs> ever went out. So the problem is that when there's six people in the middle of the boat and two people trying to row, that's not going to work. So no, never. It's a group effort. It's like group projects. Yes. I'm glad you, I'm glad it was good for you. That's encouraging. And uh, I would actually still do that. I would do that. That sounds good. Yeah. You've got to try it. Yeah. Okay. So beyond whitewater rafting, is there anything else we should, we should mention in the area? Um, all of that, that's all I can think of. I think if, um, you know, if you're spending a good amount of time hiking around R&L um, and, and just doing some hikes in the area and experiencing the nature is really fun. Um, I Again, that's something that's not for everyone, and a lot of people come to Costa Rica seeking adventure, but I do think that there's a lot of beauty in experiencing the biodiversity there and really immersing yourself with that. Yeah, I mean, I think that has to be, like, almost at the forefront of this, of mm-hmm. your adventure into this country, because that's yeah. one of the things that makes this country unique. And so get after it. That's good. Yeah. So, and learning about all the preservation too, just the efforts that Costa Rica makes as a country is just incredibly fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, well, let's let's get into the biodiversity and the bugs some more in the sense that I want to talk about your accommodations up here because this is where my clients have had the most encounters with nature in their hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Where where did you stay and um and could you also include did it have air conditioning? Air conditioning is a big thing. Um So I typically recommend staying, you know, for most clients, depending on the season and the price point, I always recommend Nayara. Um, I think Nayara has something for everyone. Um, The price point for what you get typically is not um, exorbitant. Um, The other option that I really love is Tabacon Thermal Springs Resort. Um, It's a little bit more um, kind of boutique-y and... um, I'm losing my words here, but it's just a little bit more authentic, I think, compared to Nayara, but it's beautiful, and you're also right there in the hot springs. Um, the best part about Nayara is that you just have so much on site, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, it's it's nice, you know? Um, so other than that, I haven't really stayed in any other places, um, or I have sent clients. I kind of tend to stick to that and, uh, and those two. Now, um, you know, as far as setting expectations for dining and availability in the region, I had clients who opted not to actually go here because they have four kids and like they're just hungry all the time. Like, can I pop to a grocery <laughs> store? Is there like a Seven Eleven? And you know, well, why don't you? I'll let you address that. So, how are you gonna? You know, can we talk about dining on property and what might be available in the region? Yeah, so I um I spent a little bit of time in this region passing through and, and also vacationing and 
So I stopped in 7-Elevens and grocery stores in this um, area, and it's called La Fortuna, um, the the local town. And um, while I haven't done full grocery shopping to know what's there, I've been there. um, And I typically don't risk much with getting local fruits um, just Mm -hmm. because I think that they are – you never know how they're grown compared to the states and what our stomachs react to. But I've always gotten snacks. Um, and plenty of Diet Cokes um, from these places. And um, I think if you have a ton of snacks on hand, it makes things a little bit easier. Um, and then I think if you're going to be, you know, when you plan on dining, there are some local restaurants in the area. Um, they do take a, a minute to get to. It's not, you know, let's walk down here. Um, and so I tend to think that, you know, you're not going to be staying long in this area. I typically recommend three nights, maybe four if you're, really having adventures that you want to do. Um, there's a place called El Novilo um, that's in La Fortuna. It has a great little view of the volcano, um, but it's very authentic Costa Rican food. It's great, um, good food. It's not five-star quality, but you're getting a local meal. It's yeah. very inexpensive compared to what you'll be getting at the hotel. So there are some things kind of in that area that are that are local restaurants. Um, but I always tell clients, you know, you're not staying super long in this area. So eating at the hotel um, for two or three nights, you know, typically should be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a good job of giving a variety of dining too. Yeah. And then are you, and then, you know, as far as when you have clients that go here, are they renting a car or are they having private transportation? And like if someone wanted to go to the grocery store, how can they make that happen if they've had hired transportation? Yeah, so I think um, higher transportation is great. I, um, I've i never had clients rent a car, and typically in international destinations, unless it's certain places in Europe, I always push clients towards um, transfers. And guides are typically really um, flexible when it comes to stopping at grocery stores. Um, I was recently in a country where the guide stopped at a grocery store, and he asked us to give us a list. Granted, I think it was a COVID thing, but um, they're typically very, very flexible with um, with stopping. And I think if you say we want to stop here and shop for gifts at this cute little market on the side of the road, they'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it de- depends on the companies, but most of the companies we with, work with are so um, just client-centric that um, you shouldn't have a problem as long as you plan well. You know, if you're at the resort and you're saying, well, we really want some snacks, let's go to a nearby 7-Eleven or grocery store, you know, you're going to be paying for that transportation. So I always recommend doing it on the way to where you're going um, so that it's just a stop. Um, Renting a car in Costa Rica would make me a little nervous. Um, Um, Yes, I had honeymooners do this. And I tried to explain to them, like, if if you get lost, like, you may not actually have self-service. And they said, we we want the adventure. And they did. And they got lost a number of times. And they had a great time (gasps) doing it. So... That's, well, yep, and they they even, like, ended up, I mean, getting to their resort. They left at, like, 9 a.m. <laughs> from um, oh, one of the all-inclusives uh, to get up to one of the hotels in the Arenal area, Arenal area. And they didn't get there until, like, 11 p.m., but they got lost. They ended up staying for, like, coffee at somebody's house. Like, you know, like, they made friends. Oh, my gosh. But it's not for everyone. So that's a great yeah. tip and a takeaway that people should have is, you know, Private transportation is great. It gets you to where you want to go on time and, you know, they can help you. There's, 
There's no waste of time. You want to go to a grocery store, they take you to a grocery store. You won't have to go out mm-hmm. again once you get up there. That's good. That's yeah. good. Okay, so then um, who is your ideal client for this trip? So I think that um, anyone and everyone is great for Costa Rica. I typically see families um, really dipping their toes in the water with international adventurous trips. I think that on a large bucket list, Costa Rica is um, – is an easy trip. It's close to most places, uh, most gateways in the States. Mm-hmm. So honeymooners, it's awesome. Um, I think that there are great, amazing, special, um, intimate places in Costa Rica to honeymoon. I think you can stay at Nayara's new tinted camp and get this really cool experience there and then yeah. go to somewhere like Casa Chameleon, which is this boutique hotel that sits on top of a, a hillside and has a little bit more of an intimate vibe away from the bustle of the peninsula. So honeymooners can find some great um, kind of solace here. And then personally, I think it's a really great family trip. Um, I've been with my family. I've been by myself with friends, couples. Um, but I think that the activities are incredibly kid-friendly. And I think it's really fun to encourage your kids in these little moments to be brave and adventurous and step outside your comfort zone and, um, let's try zip lining and, um, nothing's too dangerous. You know, you're not throwing them into a full on cage diving with sharks, but <laughs> they're getting to dip their toes into this adventure and this travel landscape, um, and kind of a safe environment. And I've done Costa Rica with families before where they were in a house, a fully staffed house with a chef and a housekeeper. And it's very affordable compared to doing this in other destinations. And mm-hmm. I think that's also a great way to see Costa Rica. So it's a great family trip. Yeah, and I mean, there are some age limits on the zip lines. I had some problems with some younger kids. Uh, one was because yeah. they were so they were just small children for their ages. Yeah, um, and and they didn't believe them that they were the actual age once they got there. But um, you know, just check the oh, age boy. restrictions for the zip lining if that's if that's something that interests you. Um, yeah, cool. and the height is, and the height and weight restrictions too. Yeah, absolutely. So then, um, you know. This is good information. I hope that it encourages people to seek out Costa Rica. I think that Latin, you know, Latin America, South America, they have, this is like our next family, you know, attempt to conquer regions of, not conquer, but, you know, we're going to check these items off of our list, these destinations, because they are so accessible and the price point is fantastic and the people are friendly and I want my children to, to practice Spanish. And yeah. you know, this is just encouraging to hear about. And my, my son loves animals. I mean, to a crazy extent. Yeah. So this is a great option for him. Um, so is there anything else about Costa Rica that we should talk about before we close out? I mean, this is your time. Is there anything else that we should include? I think that we, um, we talked about a lot. There was um, one thing I did want to mention is there's a really cool property that I discovered that's um, on the newer side, mm. and it's not far from the Peninsula Papagayo area, um, but it's perfect for um, families, multi-gen families, okay. and also um, perfect for couples. So it's a full kind of buyout property, again, oh, wow. more economical in Costa Rica than you would think. Um, and it's called Hacienda Cabo Velas. Um, and I stayed here in December on my last trip as well. And, um, it really just had me falling in love with Costa Rica and the people. Um, and I think that if you are wanting to do Costa Rica with multiple people, um, 
with a group and maybe a house isn't your style, but this is great. It's, it's amazing. There's four individual kind of thatched roof accommodations okay. um, with two rooms each and it's beachfront. Um, they have a dive on site that arrange everything for you. Um, and again, you're not far from the Pagodayo Peninsula to kind of um, kick off your, your trip there or visit Tamarindo, et cetera. So just wanted to give a little plug for that property because I think it's truly fantastic. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it because people are always looking for multi-generation options. And that's, yeah. yeah, so that's really good. And especially, yeah, they're just hard to, they're hard to find. The ones that are available on the internet widely, you know, that you can find easily are often booked and you need another right. option. So that's a great tip. Well, um, yeah. you know, uh, I, we talked about how people can contact you. We talked about this great destination. Uh, we talked about the last thing that you wanted to throw in there. I mean, I think that that's all. Um, I'm so thankful to have you back on the property again. Or pro- property. Psh, I can't talk. Back on the podcast again. Because I'm reading my notes and I wrote, pro- and there's property on there. I just read it right off there. i got to stop doing that. I love but it. I'm, I'm thankful for you being on the podcast. I appreciate your time and, and your uh, a, a willingness to be a resource to both travelers and travel professionals that might want to send someone to Costa Rica. So, yeah, thank yeah, you so much. I appreciate absolutely. it. Thanks, Megan. This is really fun. So thank you for having me. Okay, wonderful. I look forward to doing it again sometime. All right, this is Megan Chapa. Awesome. Closing this podcast ask out. Oh, my gosh, my words. This is Megan Chapa closing <laughs> this podcast out awkwardly. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much. Sharing is caring. Pass along the word to a friend. This and other exceptional podcasts can be found at travmarketmedia.com.